Welcome to Agent of Wealth Podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps small business owners and retirees overcome the multiple wealth planning challenges involved in your financial life. We do this by creating comprehensive wealth management plans to guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and help create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth planning issues involved in your financial life. Hello and welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis of Boudis Financial. Today we're talking about 2018 last chance planning, and this is actually part three of a series that Mark is doing for us. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning, Mark. I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. Doing very, very well. Uh, I know this is part three, and I know there's more to come. What are we covering today? Yeah, so today we're going we're gonna to cover any uh, life changes that, that you may have gone through or may be thinking about. In our first two, two episodes, we covered uh, areas of finance that you may want to look at with respect to your retirement, with respect to investments, and with respect to your health that you may want to consider taking any action before the uh, end of the year. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about life changes. And a lot of times I'll get asked you know, who's, who's a good person for you to work with or who needs financial planning? And one of the areas that almost always necessitates some aspect of financial planning is when you go, when you do go through a life change. So we'll talk about some of what those changes are and what the planning activities may be when you, uh, when you go through one of them. All right. So we have a list of some kind. We do. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to start out and, and, you know, we, we could probably spend, you know, on each of these areas, a full episode on it, but we're going to go cover some of the main points that you may want to consider. The first one we're going to start with is if someone's planning to buy or sell an asset, like a home, a business, or a piece of real estate. Mm-hmm. And I think the the area of it that comes up the, the most frequently is when someone plans to move. Um, I'll see this a lot with retirees who may want to downsize for financial or non-financial reasons. But also families who are starting out, um, they uh, start to have children, they may outgrow their first house or their starter house and they want to look to to upgrade into another house. And a lot of times I'll see people who kind of do it blindly. They'll just say, okay, I, I think we want to move into this house and really not look at the, the financial ramifications or what the financial impact is of, of making that change. Mm-hmm. So one one thing I'll do is I'll I'll recommend you run run a side by side comparison between what your current situation is with what your house costs, what the mortgage is, the property tax, the home insurance, the what it costs to maintain it per year, and then project out what the the new house will cost. Also taking into account that you may you know with the sale of the old house you may either have money from that that you're going to use as a down payment or you may have to come up with some you know you may have to liquidate some assets somewhere else to pay for the for the down payment and it's really you know seeing that side by side comparison you can really look and see okay this is really going to impact me in a negative way or maybe a positive way and it can help you make that make that decision hmm. and i've worked with the, a couple people recently um, who've done this and in addition to that side by side on the you know looking at the balance sheet looking at the cash flow what I also like to do is look at how does this impact your goals? You know, if there is a change in, in cash flow, if you're going to be spending more per month on, on your house, or if you have to dip into a savings account or some other type of account to, to pay the down payment, 
uh, you know, does it does it mean that you're not going to have enough to retire, you know, projected out or that you may have to save more money to be able to, to afford to put your kids through through college? And, you know, again, like I said, having that, those numbers staring at you in the face, it helps make that make that decision. You know, a lot of times retirees will hear, OK, I, I think I should downsize. I think I should sell. But, you know, when you factor in the, the closing cost, the moving cost, any taxes that they may have to pay on the gains of their house, it doesn't turn out to be actually any beneficial, you know, beneficial uh, reason for doing it, um, at least financially. Mm-hmm. Now, there are obviously other reasons. You'll see some people want to move to somewhere where there's maybe less flights of stairs that they have to climb or in a different location to be closer to, to family. So, you know, with all these changes that we're going to talk to, there's obviously a financial aspect to it, but there are definitely non-financial, emotional, um, you know, decision that that's part of it as well. Absolutely. My wife and I've talked about that for quite a while. Uh, we love our home. Absolutely love our home. However, three flights of stairs is getting a little tiresome. <laughs> a yeah, ranch, I, a ranch I, might I, be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> At some that's point. true. So I do, yeah, you do see that, see that a lot of, uh, as well. But like you said, you've got to take the financial part of it into consideration. I mean, there's all sorts of different things with how much your down payment is for, on the next home, whether that you have PMI or don't have PMI. I mean, there's benefits and, and drawbacks to both. So, I mean, there's yeah. a lot to consider. Definitely. And including the property taxes. I live in New Jersey and it's a high property tax state. And you'll see people that want to move out of this area. Just mm. the property tax savings alone are, are can be enormous. So there's a lot of different reasons for, for doing it. And, and you just have to take it into consideration. Good points. Yeah. All right. The next one we're going to cover is if you changed your job during the year or if, even if you're planning to, to change your job. A lot of these checklist items with life changes, it's I think it's both we want to look at it from the past. So did something happen? But also and probably even better is uh, let's be proactive and say, are you planning to? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that way at least it can help make that decision rather than being reactive and saying, OK, this happened. What do I I mean, both are good areas to plan for. But um, you know, with everything being proactive about it is probably a better way of doing it. But Mark, Mark, if it, sure. Sorry, question. How far in advance should somebody be thinking about that? If, you, if you're talking about the future, I want to I want to change jobs in six months or a year or a year and a half, two years. How far in advance are you talking about them starting to plan that? So I, I think and it's, it's probably not as um, far in advance as you would think. Um, I've helped people. You know, they've they've looked into changing jobs. They've gotten an offer letter, and we've started the the process of of analyzing it, thinking about it right then and there. So it's it's not something that needs a lot of time. It doesn't have to be done. That analysis doesn't need a lot of time. It doesn't have to be planned out far in advance. You know, with anything, the the you know the further out you plan, probably the you know the better it is because you have more time to consider things. But it really doesn't have to be that that far in advance. It can be you know a couple of days. It can be a week, and oh. we can fi- we can figure out what the impact is. Okay, great. Yeah. So you know, just like the same thing we we talked about with when you sell a house, uh, you also want to look at the impact to your cash flow balance sheet when you change jobs. The non-financial piece, you want to look at what's the the quality of life that's that's going to be changed, or is there going to be a quality of life change? I know, um, helping someone look at this recently, they they got an offer which was about a thirty percent increase in pay, and they turned it down because they felt that taking the new job, they were going to be away from the family for for basically most of the day. Mm. They'd be gone before the sun comes up, you know, come home, everyone's asleep, and for the quality of life, they they turned down the job. So. Like everything, it's not all about money, all about financials, but 
you do want to uh, to take that into consideration as well. One of the areas um, when you do change a job is you have to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with my 401k plan or my retirement plan? You really have four options that you can do with it. And uh, all retirement plans are different. Some are really good. Some are not so good. Some probably should be criminal the, the, way, <laughs> the, the way they are. Yeah. But you really have to look at, you can keep your money in your current, your old 401k. So after you move, you can keep it in your old 401k. You're not going to get a match anymore after you leave the company. Um, if you did have a loan on your 401k, you're, that would that would have to you'd have to pay that back. But some people just like the their old 401k; they're comfortable with it, and that is an option. Or you can roll that into your new 401k. So you you know we would do an analysis on your your new 401k plan. Look at what are the investment options, what are the plan expenses, the fees, and really make a determination. Okay, should this money come into, should I roll it into the new 401k plan? And again, you're not going to get matched on this money that's coming over or um, it's really just if, if someone wants to consolidate and have it in one place, they could roll it into the new 401k plan or they can roll it into an IRA, which is common. And if you watch TV, I'm sure you've seen plenty of commercials about rolling over your old 401k into an IRA. Uh, biggest difference on an, with an IRA is is really on the investment options where you kind of have the limitless amount of options that you can invest in with an IRA. Usually you'll see with a 401k, uh, you get a menu of options. Maybe there's 20 different funds you can invest in and you know you, you pick your allocations based off of those 20 funds. With an IRA, it's really, uh, you know, if you want to buy Apple stock or some Canadian cannabis company, you can do that in your IRA. Or the fourth option, which is usually the nuclear or worst option, is taking it as a distribution. Mm-hmm. And really, why this I, I say is the worst option is because you know, tax. If it's if it's um if your 401k was was funded with pre-tax money, you have to pay tax on the distribution. And if you're younger than 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty mm-hmm. on the top of it that That's you right. have to pay. So, you know, some people, a distribution, it's it's something they can't get around. They need to do it. It just really has to be the last resort, uh, or at least I recommend it be the last resort that you do and for, the, for it. Yep. And one of the things that you said about the, the loan, if you're looking to change jobs, a lot of people don't know that if you've taken a loan on your 401k, it's not that you have to repay it and you just keep making those payments. You have to pay that off within, what, 30 or 60 days. Yeah, it is. So, yes, there's a it's I mean, that's part of the consideration when you do initially take out that loan, just knowing, OK, I have a backup plan. If I change jobs, how can I get this loan paid back? Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, you're you're right. It's a 60 day um, payback period where if you don't pay it back in 60 days, it's it's as, as if you just, you know, you took it as a distribution and the same rules apply. You pay tax and then also potentially that 10 percent penalty if you're younger than 59 and a half. Ouch. Yeah. That, yeah. could, that could be big. Yeah. Yeah, we'll move on to the to the next one, the next uh, item in the checklist, which is did you add to the family through birth or adoption? So um, obviously this is a good life change to, to go through, but raising children are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and Time Magazine recently did a study and their analysis concluded that it cost about $233,000 to raise a child up to age 17. Unfortunately, once you get to age 17, most likely you're going to get hit with a uh, college bill, which could, you know, depending upon where your child goes to school, could be up to uh, half a million dollars. So Mm. children are very expensive. 
the earlier you start planning for things, whether it's that uh, raising them up, you know, to that age 17, saving for college, it uh, obviously the earlier you start is by far, you know, it's the best uh, decision or best approach to it. It's also when someone has a child, it's probably the, the biggest motivator I see for them to start doing some financial planning. Before we have children, we some of us want to do financial planning, but it's a lot of times that selfless approach or motto once we have a child and that that motivates us. So it's obviously a good thing. Um, you also want to look into, you know, you have a child, do you have enough life insurance? Is there enough disability that if something does happen to you, you're you're providing the, you know, either spouse or both spouses, providing income that the family depends on. If that income went away due to a death or to disability, uh, will the family continue to to be able to to move on or to be able to pay bills and and live the same you know standard of life that you guys were currently living? Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of it. And then probably the biggest part of you know having a child, I think, is the estate planning aspect of it. And you know, I'll always recommend one of the things uh, I first recommend with, when I meet with someone that has kids is make sure you have a will put put a will together. Recently, actually listened to a, a podcast from a, an estate attorney, and the title of the podcast was "Estate Planning is Like Potty Training," uh, <laughs> which I thought was pretty, uh, pretty interesting title. It got me to to definitely listen to it. I have three kids. Um, I also, you know, work with people who go through estate planning, and definitely could relate to to both sides of it. <laughs> <laughs> and what his his. I guess the way he approached it was he said, no one likes to think about either one, right? No one wants to think about death. Uh, you know, there's sometimes there's family drama that comes across, you know, with when there is a death in the family, it's time consuming, to, you know, to get your finances in order, get your, so that you can go through with an estate, you know, put together an estate plan, put together a will on the potty training side, parents don't want to deal with it. Usually the, the child doesn't want to potty train and their will is uh, usually a lot stronger than their parents <laughs> yeah, are. <yeah. laughs> it's it's time consuming as well to do potty training. But, you know, it's something that you just have to do uh, on both sides. You know, you just put your estate plan together. Um, you know, you go through the potty training and, and you feel, you know, a sense of accomplishment afterwards, a sense of relief after it. But it is, you know, it's obviously challenging to do. It's hard, you know, putting an estate plan together, putting a will together. It's a hard decision to make. And it's not necessarily the financial piece of the will that that's hard. Um, it's really the and the main reason for doing a will when you have a, a child is to name a guardian for that for that mm-hmm. child. And, you know, I'll see a lot where parents will push it off. They don't want to make that decision. One spouse may think one person is is better for to, to be the guardian and while the other spouse may think it's someone else. And usually the, the advice I give is is just, you know, however the two spou- spouses need to do it, just pick someone for now. And it may change. The You know, naming a guardian is not permanent. You can change it at any time. And if things change, you just change who the guardian is. But um, when you don't name a guardian, when you don't have a will, what happens is the state will pick. And, you know, they'll go through their criteria and they may pick – the right person for the job, or they may not. It may not be the person who you thought. It may not even be the the two that the two spouses were were debating about. Mm-hmm. It could be a third person that they decide on. So, it's painful to get your will together, but it's definitely something that I recommend that that we do. Absolutely important, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one. It's one that a lot of people don't think of, I and mean, it may not even necessarily impact you, but it does have an impact to your family. And that's if you have a child that recently graduates college 
and you know keeping with the 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 planning aspect for for our kids you know estate planning having a child it doesn't stop there we all want what's best for our kids and really helping them get up on, get set up on the path of success after graduating college they get a job the earlier that they start making the better financial decisions they'll be better off in the in the long run so one and and the the areas of financial planning when someone graduates college they're similar to to what we all go through you know throughout life but they're just looked at at a different lens i offer to uh to sit down with the children of my clients who who graduate college and really look at um you know a couple aspects of it and make sure they're doing the the right thing we'll look at you know the first thing is how to put a simple budget together mm-hmm. and you know just uh, with our financial habits or or how we manage our finances it's not really something that we learn in school we don't learn it in grammar school in high school in college so often either we pick up bad habits along the way or we learn good or bad habits from from our parents but it's an important skill to to learn it's an important thing to learn so it definitely makes sense to to spend some time with it and on the budget you know we'll we can even we'll even start off with with just simple ratios and say okay you're getting you're now getting a paycheck from your work and we'll call it the 50 30 20 ratio where we'll look at a budget and say okay of your paycheck 50% of it should go to we'll call it your mandatory expenses or your needs you know things like food housing utilities health insurance car payments things like that things that you know are going to be needed as living expenses mm-hmm. then we'll look at the 30% which we'll call them wants so we'll call it the dis- discretionary spending so that could be shopping dining out hobbies travel things like that that if they went away You'd still be fine. You'd still be able to eat and have a place place to live. And then 20% we'll call it savings. So this could be retirement savings, savings for a, a house, savings for some other type of goal. But if you maintain – and you know this is obviously a simple basic ratio. But if you maintain this ratio you know, from day one that you start working – You'll be in in a lot better shape than than most of the people out there. So it seems simple, but it's it's something that that can make a big difference with um with how your your finances wind up over over time. Yeah, learning that discipline is incredibly important. And again, starting as early as possible, that's just going to help you out. Yeah, and, and just with with not just with new college graduates, but basically any anyone. The other piece of financial planning or finances that I recommend is, you know, set yourself up. There's tons of apps out there. Technology has made great improvements where you have all the transparency and visibility into what's going on with your finances. So you should know what your credit score is mm-hmm. well, you know, all the time. You should know where your money is going, where, you know, what high level categories are you, are you spending it on? And, you know, it, it, even it, it sounds simple, but just seeing that, being able to visual, visually look at it at any time, um, Will definitely have a you know a positive impact on your finances. True. Yeah. So all right. So we'll move on to the to the next topic, um, which is, are you planning to retire? And obviously, we can spend uh, a lot of time on this on what goes into planning to retire. But a couple of things that that I wanted to cover at a high level, and what we'll do is in a future podcast, we'll really go into detail on what you should be doing. You know, one year, five years even 10 years before retirement, the different milestones that you should be looking at. But let's say you're, it's come to the time where you're making that decision, whether you're going to retire. Um, you know, there's the obvious piece where you want to make sure that 
the money that you've saved, whether it's in a, in a retirement plan or money you have coming in from a pension or a social security, you want to make sure that that money, um, you know, can cover your finances year to year. But you also want to look at it as, okay, you know, the, that transition into retirement, what am I going to do in retirement? You know, what's going to occupy my, my time? Um, is there a hobby? Is there travel? Is there spending more time with grandchildren? T. Rowe Price came up with something where they, they um, it's almost called like a mock retirement or it's basically a, fa- a phased transition approach to retirement where they call it practice in retirement. And it's essentially where you're still working, but also experiencing different aspects of, of retirement. And what we'll do is we'll cover, we'll go into detail in, in one of the, the future podcasts about what that means and how to plan for it and where, you know, where you'll be during this plan retirement, where, what you'll be spending. The benefit of doing it is you kind of get the lifestyle change. You get some feel for that of whether you're going to even want to be retired or, or semi-retired or fully retired. And also where's your money going to come from to, to pay your expenses. So it's an interesting concept. Not very many people actually try it. It could definitely help making that decision of am I ready to retire or not. Got it. Yeah. Those were the main checklist items that I wanted to cover. There are obviously a couple more. The theme is going to be common. You want to see how the change impacted you know, or is going to impact your finances. So you know, if you received a gift or inheritance, is there a severe illness in the, in the family? Mm-hmm. Did you lose a loved one? Did you get married or end a marriage? You really want to look at Okay, is there the need for for some type of planning that goes into you know if I, if you went through one of those uh, life changes during the year, you know a lot of times I'll work with someone and we'll put a financial plan together. We'll meet. We'll go through a lot of stuff, and you know they kind of assume okay I'm done. I'm good. There's nothing else I have to do, and the reality is we go, we go through all these changes. You know maybe not all of them, but you know every year. Uh, these changes come up and it's real financial planning is really more about adjusting to the to the changes and and analyzing what the impact is helping that using that analysis to make the decision whether to do this or to do that obviously some of these things we we cannot control so some of them yes will be reactive but um you know even taking that approach of okay this life event happened or this life change happened and how do i make the best decision to to uh, move forward from it there are certain things that happen at the end of the year that makes sense of and and some of them may happen at any time during the year but um, really what this whole checklist was for was to just be something that you can look at and say oh yes this did happen you know maybe in March it happened but you didn't think about what the impact was or should you be doing anything and really this this you know looking at it once a year looking at it at the end of the year is really to to help go through you know really re- revisit what happened during the year and and just make sure that you're you're doing the best things possible with your with your finances and that's the best thing is that you can really mark this on your calendar and get this done every year review it with your advisor seek them out if they're not seeking you out and go over a few of these things that you've you've had happen or that are going to happen possibly in this next year and the other thing that a lot of people don't think about is even though we may not have certain changes in our life, other things around us may change. And you kind of alluded to that, but like social security rules and laws change and taxation laws change. If you're seeing some things, unless you want to do all the study and all the, <laughs> all the research on what the ch- those changes are, you need to be reaching out to someone like Mark or, or your advisor, if you have one to find out if that's going to affect you this year or this next year. 
Yeah, definitely. It, some of these changes are straightforward, but a lot of them are complex in determining whether there is an action to, to take. And, you know, it comes down to really the time and the, the education or the knowledge. And if you don't have either of them, it um, you know, definitely makes sense to, to, to reach out. Um, my website, boutisfinancial.com, my contact info is there. There's even a link where you can s- schedule some time on my calendar to talk. Um, I do have a copy of the the checklist at boutisfinancial.com slash checklist. If you uh, if you want to take a look at it and, and see what items on there you may have gone through this year or you may want to look at um, with respect to financial planning. The only other thing in closing, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Absolutely. And depending on when you listen to this, this is recorded, obviously, at the near the end of 2018, but you may just be finding this podcast and you may be listening to this in March of 2019. It doesn't matter. Find a time to get a hold of Mark and talk about those things that you're going through that you're looking forward to or things that have happened in just this past few months uh, that, that you have questions about. He'd be more than happy to answer them. Again, thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boutis. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, just like Mark said, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Mark comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family, and I'm thinking you probably know somebody that could use this advice. Again, thanks for listening. For everyone at Boutus Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment and financial planning.